Well, hey, Vine Church fam, hope you're enjoying some snow. Hope there's not much ice. Hope that you've got power. Hope you got hot running water. Hope you got some coffee, some cocoa. You're all bundled up watching TV or you're out in the snow building snowmen, making snow angels. It's awesome to get to gather together. I have church online today, even though we can't meet physically together because of the weather. If I haven't had the privilege to meet you yet, my name is Tyler West. I'm the founder and lead pastor of the Vine Church here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And this Sunday, we had to call an audible for the winter weather sweeping across our state right now. So we knew the best thing to do would be able to continue our series called Fruition with a brand new message today, but also the best conversations about Jesus happen around the table in our home. So what better way to glorify Jesus than being with our family today because we knew slipping, sliding on the ice, being stranded out in the storm, wrecking, would not glorify his name. So we are lifting his name high by gathering together online. And I'm so thankful he allows us and has given us the tools to do that and with a brand new message called Joy Today, however, weather permitting, we're going to have another brand new message next Sunday as we gather back together at the YMCA in downtown Spartanburg. And we're going to be talking about peace and forbearance. So make sure you make plans to be there next Sunday. But because you're here today, I want some participation. I just want to ask you a question and say, hey, where are you watching from right now? Who invited you online? Maybe you know somebody who needs to, to listen to this. Once you go and listen to the message, you invite them. Will you tag them? Will you add them in the comments? Will you let us know where you're watching? Hey, maybe we can get, we have a prayer request. Maybe you have a prayer request for us. Would you leave that in the comments today? We would love to pray with you. But here's the other thing that we would love to do. We would love to connect with you. So when you gather together with us physically, we would love to meet you in a place called the garden where we'll give you all of our information about a church. But here's the virtual garden we get to have. If you go to the vine.tv slash app today, you're going to get a link. It's going to ask for your phone number. Once it sends you that link, you're going to be able to download our free church app, see all about the Vine Church. You can connect with us, leave us a message, send a prayer request in. But also in there is a way that you can connect with us and we can gather together. And even though physically we aren't in the same room, by this awesome technology, we can connect together. So make plans to do that. Let us know where you're watching today for our garden, but also join us in our virtual garden online now or our physical garden next Sunday as we gather back together at the Y. And last but not least, we say it all of the time. I'm so thankful for our sowers here who give up their time, their talent, their treasure. We believe that Jesus has called us to, to partner with him to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. You're not going to hear us talking about a percentage or about a number. We just say, hey, trust the Holy Spirit and what he's called you to do. We've got to see well over $160,000 go to global missions around the world since we've launched, and we can't wait to see what Jesus wants to do in and through each and every one of us in 2022. So if you would like to partner with us in that today, you can go to thevine.tv slash give. You can give online today, but also you can give conveniently in our app as well. We hope that you enjoy the service today. I want you to know that we are praying for you. If you shoot a prayer request in there, we're hoping you got a lot of fun with friends and family, and we can't wait to connect not only online with you right now, but physically, weather permitting, next week. Faithful through the ages God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steady. 
to the setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me Church fam, I can't wait for us to continue in our series today called Fruition as we learn how to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And what better day for what we're going to talk about today than to have a snowstorm come in. Many of us right now, our Vine kids are experiencing snow for the first time. Maybe we got some pets that are experiencing snow for the first time. But the sheer and pure joy of experiencing snow for the first time is awesome. Now, where we are here in the South, uh, we don't get a lot of snow. Everything is just crazy. So everybody, for some reason, crazy steps up a notch. Now, I know we've been through a pandemic and we think crazy is crazy, but like crazy steps up a notch in the snow here in the South because everybody buys bread and milk. I don't know what you're going to do. Eat milk sandwiches. I don't know. For something that doesn't equate to me, but if you go to a grocery store right now or you've been this weekend, everything has wiped off the shelf. Yet, when you get home, for those who've never experienced snow, the joy of experiencing it is so, so awesome and so, so great. Now, that's one way to have joy. Now, if you ever come to my house, I've got this awesome Santa Claus uh, that my nephew Aiden got me. If you ever come to my house, it's hanging out. It is there all season long. Uh, it's perfect for the season I'm in. If you've seen it, you know it's good times. It's funny, and it will bring you joy no matter what season it's in. And this always in season for me because Santa is always in season, right? Well, that's what we're going to be diving into today as we talk about this thing called joy. Now, we laid the groundwork last week. Um, we talked about, uh, we. it sounds hedonistic how we say it, but we chase the ultimate pleasure in our life. The thing that brings us pleasure is the thing that we chase, and that starts with love. And we talked about love being the key that unlocks the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. And what we laid the groundwork for and the question that we ask is, what if this ultimate pleasure, this thing that drives you, what if this love, if you will, what if this ultimate driving force, this thing that you desire has been in plain view the whole time and you've been looking at it the whole time and you didn't even realize it? Well, that's what Paul is diving into as he writes to the Galatian church. So throughout every week in this series, we're going to start in Galatians 5. So if you've got your Bible today, we've got a couple of places we're going to be. You want to start in Galatians 5, then you want to get over to John 15. We're going to spend a lot of our time there, and we'll have one more stop on the way to the end of the message today. So if you're with me, give me an amen today. Amen. All right. So any broke bones, I'm praying no broke bones, no craziness, no slips or falls. If they are, it only brings you joyous laughter in the snow today. So I'm so thankful that you've taken a moment and a break out of the snow to hang out with us today. So if you've got your Bible today, let's get to Galatians 5, chapter, or Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now we're talking about this right now as a church because throughout each and every week we're going to go through a different uh, aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. We started with love last week. We're obviously going into joy this week. And why we're doing that is because this series is going to wrap up on February 6th. And then February 13th, Sunday, February 13th, there's a big game happening that day. It's not hard to know what day that is. But Sunday, February 13th, we're calling that one word Sunday, where we as a church, we like to have a word for the year that God has given us. Sometimes it's one word, sometimes it's a, a Bible verse, whatever that is. We're all going to bring our one word to the altar on February 13th, and we're going to lay it down, and we're going to pray for each other, encourage each other, and lift each other up in that word the Lord has given us. Maybe that word is in one of that fruit bearing one of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit for you. So that's why we're walking through this series as we talk about today this thing called joy. Joy. Now here's the thing that's funny about Christianity when it's to joy, because I'm guilty of it too. I'm, I'm just putting all my cards on the table. I'm guilty of it too. When we think of joy, we don't often think of Christianity, do we? Like we all have the story where we went to the church uh, and, and maybe we were a kid on the pew and we were coloring on the bulletin or, or, or writing on the tithe envelopes, God forbid. Like we were doing something like that and we got the old church curmudgeon scowl. Like, I, you know me, Twitter I call outrage. I'm not on there much, but there's an account on there called Church Promudgeon. I love it. It's hilarious. And it just gives you all of what the joy-robbed Christian looks like. Like, we don't often equate Christianity with joy. We don't equate that with Jesus. Yet, in Luke 2, in the gospel message, in the Christmas story, we just celebrated Jesus coming with a pronouncement and an announcement of joy. And Luke 2, remember when shepherds are watching their field by night, angels appear and they say they bring glad tidings and they bring that of great joy. Or you may have in your, we use the NIV version here, you may have good news that brings great joy for all mankind. So Jesus comes with a pronouncement of joy, but when it comes to Christianity, many times joy just isn't. We think joy is founding in seeing snow for the first time. We think joy is found in um, paying off your debt, or, or, or joy is found in, in just temporal, circumstantial things. But see, Jesus came to give us more than that. And so when it comes to joy for each and every one of us, it's so awesome that the gospel answers that question of the ultimate joy, the ultimate pleasure, the, the ultimate love that we seek because that's what's going to drive us. See, what happens for many of us when it comes to love, when it comes to even joy today, is we often abuse it. And the abuse of joy itself leads to this thing we call addiction. That's where addictions arise in our life because we keep chasing a high, we keep chasing a joy that is ever fleeting and never satisfying. After the first hit, it seems like you are chasing that over and over again. Yet Jesus comes and the gospel says there's a better way for each and every one of us. And it's only found in Jesus Christ. See, what happens is the world will tell you it knows how you can find joy. The world says that it's career. The world will say it's success. It's the American dream. It's a car. It's a, it's a house. But we know, realistically, we've just been in a season of this church where the things of this world will fail us. Hey, maybe, maybe you think that being in the ultimate health, nothing wrong in health in and of itself, but 
You think that will bring you joy, and I'll tell you, this body's going to fade. These bodies are going to fade. There's no question about that. Death will happen to these bodies. It will happen. You see, Jesus didn't come just so that we could avoid death. Jesus came and defeated death. He gave us something that's not circumstantial joy. He gave us literally not circumstantial fulfillment. He gave us soul fulfillment. In other words, the, the, the world will give you substitutional joy. It'll give you something in this world, and it'll say, hey, once this doesn't satisfy, I'm going to substitute it for something else. And once this doesn't satisfy, I'm going to substitute it for something else. Once this loses its joy, it loses its luster, I'm going to go chase the next thing that can. And that's what the world will do. So much so, that is what advertising is. Remember back in the day, there was this crazy cool, uh, this crazy cool, <clears throat> hope we don't get kicked off the internet for it, that said you had to smoke a certain brand. Uh, you'll see online that if you drink, drink a certain drink, you'll, you'll, you'll look a certain way, you'll act a certain way, or you'll always be at a party, or you'll always be cool. Like That is what advertising in the world is geared towards, so much so it's substitutional and it knows it'll fade, so it goes and makes you chase the next thing. BC Jesus says there's a better way. He didn't come just for us to have substitutional joy. He came to give us eternal joy. From the very beginning, Luke 2, when his pronouncement and announcement of joy is here, is to bring joy to all of us. And so for each and every one of us, that may be what's happening right now is we have been seeking something in this world as our treasure and it's only finding substitutional value and circumstantial fulfillment. And Jesus says, I didn't come to give you circumstantial fulfillment. I came to fulfill your soul for eternity. And the only way that we can experience that in Christ is when we seek him as our treasure. And when we do that, as we spoke about last week, we will know love. And when we know the love of Christ and we love God, love others, we get to experience his joy, the fullness of his joy, the fruit that does not fail in the Spirit. So if you've got your Bible, I told you to get to a couple different places. So we're going to go unpacking this thing called joy. So if you've got your Bible, let's go ahead and get, if you've got your Bible, we're going to go forward a little bit. We're going to, we're going to go to John, John chapter 15. Now, you know, I got, I got to tamper my excitement here for John, but the gospel of John 15, we talked a little bit about this where Jesus was a few weeks ago in our 2021 year in review. Uh, when we talked about Jesus being the vine and we are the branches and how when we, apart from him, we can do this. So Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's John 15, 5. That's where we get the vine from. Well, a little bit further down there, John 15, verse 11 through 16, we're going to see what Jesus really has to say about joy. Now, remember, we, we unpacked it last week. John 13, 14, 15, and 16 really, and 17, Jesus is on a march toward the cross. And these words he is giving is instructions, and he is showing us how everything is processing and playing out and some important things for us to be as Christians as he goes toward the cross. As a matter of fact, we're going to see the joy heating up in him the closer he gets to the cross. So if you're still with me, give me an amen. Amen. All right. I hear you. Let's get there. John 15, verse 11 through 16. This is Jesus speaking. He says this, I have told you this so that what church, my what? My joy may be in you and that your what church? Joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this and to lay one's life down for one's friend. 
You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear what? Fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. See, this is so important for us. We don't talk about joy much. As a matter of fact, uh, many of us may, may follow, if you look at antiquity and what philosophers would say, even in the Enlightenment period, what philosophers would say would invoke you to want to see God is beauty on this earth. If you look all the way through, they said if you ever saw the beauty of the earth, you ever saw true, beautiful things, it would make you long and yearn for God. But what if the better thing that makes you long and yearn for God is joy? Have you ever seen a child of that first Christmas, like the, the joy, the sparkle in their eyes? A child, we're going to see that, or, or a pet, the sparkle in their eyes of a first snow, like it's unmatched. Like it is absolutely awesome. And maybe you remember that. Maybe you don't because you slipped and fell in the concussion. I don't know. Wherever you are, maybe that's your story. But maybe you don't remember it, but I bet your family does. I bet your loved ones do. So like the joy, the pure joy in that makes you long for something more. See, that's what Jesus is saying. He is telling us that if we follow him, if we confess and repent our sins. We trust that he is who he says he is. He lived the perfect sinless life we couldn't live. He died the death, paying the penalty for our sins on the cross for us and loved us enough not to stay dead. He rose again on the third day so that we could have life and have, have it to the full, not just life, but his joy. If we surrender lordship of our life to him, we seek him as our treasure, we can experience this joy in all seasons, all seasons, and it will be made complete in us. Maybe you grew up in church right now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak and lean into you. Maybe you've been following Jesus for 20 years or 20 minutes or 20 weeks, whatever that is. But I just want to ask you a real question as before we move forward is this. Why did God create us as humans? To do what? Glorify him. Now, that may be as a shock to some who are kicking the tires of who Jesus is. So you're going to say, whoa, 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 this isn't all about me. No, no, no. We are created in God's image to glorify God. But what if it doesn't end there? See, we are created to glorify God, but in Christ, we are created to enjoy being in the presence of God forever. I'm going to say that again. We are created to glorify God, but it doesn't stop there. In Christ Jesus, we are created to enjoy being in the presence of God forever. So in other words, what I'm trying to tell you is this, and, and what we're going to unpack is this. We are created to glorify God and enjoy his presence forever. Church, that's the most theological sentence I've probably ever shared to you. That is the basis and one of the tenets of our faith. As a matter of fact, if you were to look back, this is a catechism, if you will. You want to go study that, Google that, dive into that. But it's a Western catechism. It literally means that is what we believe because we know that's what it is true. We are made to glorify God and enjoy his presence forever. And the only way that we can do those things is through Christ Jesus. So to have this joy, it can only be found in Christ Jesus. So if you've got your Bible, flip one more page over and you're going to land on John's John. 16 verse 19 through 24 and it says this this is what Jesus is saying to the disciples 
Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Sounds almost like Jesus is playing hide-and-go-seek, right? Like, this is what the disciples are thinking. I'm simple-minded. This is what Jesus has to put up with me. So it looks like they're playing hide-and-go-seek, but it's not. Jesus is saying that after he is resurrected, he has to go to heaven, and then he will return again to bring us all up. Uh, we, we call that the, the, the second coming of Christ. So verse 20, it says, Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will, be turn, will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of the, her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. And no one will take away, and no one will take away your what? Joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me for anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. And your what, church? Joy will be complete. See, Jesus is on his way to the cross right now. The disciples are like where many of us were once if we are followers of Jesus now, but many of us even listening right now are, are where the disciples were when Jesus is unpacking all this. And if that's you and you don't know, uh, you don't trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're so welcome here. I want to tell you, we're thankful that you are with us today. Maybe you're just kicking the tires of who he is. I promise you that as Jesus showed in John 15 that he chose us and appointed us. There, this is an appointed time and an appointed message for you to hear. So we're thankful that you are with us. And if you're ever in Spartanburg, come hang out with us at the downtown wild. We would love to see your smiling face there. But what's Jesus saying right here? Look at how he is unpacking this. He says, hey, uh, while the world is rejoicing, uh, you're going to be weeping. While everybody else is having a good time, having a party, living it up, you're, you're going to be caught in sorrow. But take heart. Take heart because it's just part of the joy becoming complete in you because now it is your time of grief as it says in 22 but when he comes back he will see you see us again and he will rejoice and no one can take away our joy so what is Jesus leaning into here so many of us have been through grief. I shared with you the other week uh, as we, we we talked about as our, our Christmas series how how grief, for many of us that are different, as, as we are Christians, how our grief is turned into joy uh, because we're missing the presence of our loved ones, but they're in a better table and the better presence. They're in the presence of Jesus, and they're looking at a chair with our name on it, missing our presence until our race here is done and Jesus calls us home, right? Like, we can talk about that. All of us know what it feels like to be in grief. All of us know what it feels like to be in a crazy season. We've been in that, it seems like, for three years now, doesn't it? It's been just a crazy crazy season. Jesus says, hey, while the world is rejoicing, you're going to be in this crazy season. But take heart, take heed, know that, that he is working his joy out and filling us with it. See, what ends up happening for many of us right now is uh, we've shared this multiple times. So this is going to be the first time you've heard it. So I'm just going to be honest with you and put my cards on the table when it comes to this. We're all seeking something that can't be found in us. It can't. 
Like, as a matter of fact, we are seeking something that can't be found in this world and our joy will make us go chase it. So much so, we'll think that our joy can be found in a career. We'll think that our joy can be found in a car, in a street address, in a family, in a kid, in a pet. Uh, we'll think that it is in a status, uh, in, in a number of followers, in a, in a number of, of, of clients. I, we, we think that joy can be found in things of this earth and then we realize we can't find it on this earth. So we move out to exploration and we become more excited about things outside of the earth. We want to go to the moon. Maybe we sign up for SpaceX or Blue Origin or we want to figure out how to colonize Mars because we think if we get there, then finally our joy will be found there. But I just want to move in what Jesus is trying to say is when you start looking at those things to find your joy, it's only going to fail you because it's just a substitute for his joy. And when you have his joy, there is no substitution. He has already gone before because he is the fullness of joy because he has done the work and the will of the Father for us. All we got to do is receive the free gift of salvation he died to give us and seek him as our treasure. And so what I want to say and what Jesus is trying to say is he alone is the only solution. See, life is hard. No matter what we say, life is hard. It is a struggle many times for me. All of us can look at seasons that have been in struggles. And we can say, and I can tell you, even in Christ, there are seasons I felt I've been in struggle where I didn't feel like I was joyful. I didn't feel like giving him praise. I didn't feel like shouting. But I tell you what, when I had my perspective on him and I knew what he did for me and what he's done for you, and I saw him come through time and time again and his promise is true, couldn't help but be on my knees and praise his name and give him, rejoice in him. And every time I've done that, I've got to experience joy. I've got to experience joy. And so that, that may be where you are right now. See, the joy of Christ transcends our circumstances because here's the one guarantee that I will give you about joy outside of Christ. The world will try to steal it. That's why Jesus says when we are in him, no one can steal our joy. The world will do everything it can to steal your joy because it thinks if it steals your joy, then it can experience some joy. And all the things of this world will do that. And the thing that I want to tell you right now is if your identity is in anything other than Christ, if it is in, in, in a, a spouse who is your savior, I'm telling you, they're going to let you down. If it isn't a career or a job that is going to give your money in the bank account you think you need to be happy, it will fail you. If it is a pet, it will fail you. If it is a child, it will fail you. Anything in this world, if it's a car, it's going to break down. If it's your health, it will fall apart. The things of this world will fail all of us. The one thing that won't is Jesus. So if we are identified in any of those things, our joy is robbed. But in Christ, our joy is complete and we can have it in all circumstances. Why? Because that joy doesn't come from us. It is something that we receive and he fills us with. Now, to the world, this is insane. It is absolute joy in all circumstances. If you read all throughout the Gospels, look in the New Testament, Paul. Uh, we talk about the book of joy. Philippians is the book of joy. Paul writes that entire letter through in a jail. He is in a jail cell, and he is rejoicing in the Lord in a jail cell. All the way through, he's rejoicing in the Lord in jail, and he has joy. Talking about joy in all circumstances. 
Jesus even says it this way if we want to experience this joy. Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount, we've walked through this. But he says, those who hunger for th- hunger and thirst for righteousness, which means we seek him as our treasure. That's how we experience this joy that he came to give us. See, the only way that we can experience Satan and this world not stealing our joy is to change our perspective from our circumstance to eternity. Our perspective, hey, maybe not even that. Change it from our circumstance to the cross. Change it to the cross. Change it to eternal circumstance. If you got your Bible, flip over to Hebrews 12. When we talk about the cross, I want to get to my Bible. Hebrews 12, verse 2. As you're getting there, I'm getting there too. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says this. The writer of Hebrews says it this way. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the what? Joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him. So in other words, Jesus is going to the cross for the joy set before him. And that can be lost on us, especially if we grew up in church. Because when I look at this and I read Hebrews 12 too, I go all the way back to I think about that first miracle that Jesus had. If you've grown up in church, you know what it was. If you were to go, when Jesus does this, he goes, uh, and, and John 2 is the first miracle. John 2, the first miracle. Jesus does what? He turns the water into wine. And where is Jesus when he does that? It's at a wedding. And his mom goes and he, she says, hey, my son, just listen to, d- do what he says and whatever he does. I know y'all are out of while. They're all partying. They're all fired up, celebrating, have extreme joy, and they run out of wine. And Jesus fills the six, they fill the six barrels the servants do, and they get to see Jesus turn water into wine. But if you remember, there's something specifically Jesus says at the beginning of that. He says, my time has not yet come. He looks at his mother and says that. Now let's look at Hebrews 12, 2 in that perspective. Let's look at what we just read in John 16. And he says, while the world rejoices, you will have sorrow. What What do you mean his time has to come? See, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. Everyone at this wedding banquet is rejoicing. Like they're rejoicing. Two people who are separated are now reconciled together. They are one flesh, one body, one soul. They were once separated. Now they are brought together. This is a joyous occasion. Now there is a family grown and multiplied. Now these two things that were separated are one. And Jesus is sitting there in sorrow because his time has not come. While the world is rejoicing, what, what, what do I mean by that? What do I mean? What am I saying? Sorrow. He knows what he has to do going to the cross. And the suffering and sorrow he will have to go through so that all of us can experience the joy. You see, Jesus wasn't in that wedding festival, that wedding party. His, his perspective wasn't in that when he turned the water to wine. His perspective was the wedding supper of the Lamb when he calls us all back home to him where the fullness of his joy is complete in us. But in order to achieve that, he had to go to the cross, which is why he went to the cross with joy for us. See, Jesus is in the midst in John 2 of the joy of the wedding feast, knowing the sorrow to come and the cross for us so that, listen to this, when we are surrendered to him 
in the midst of the sorrows of this world, we could drink the cup of his joy. Think about that, church. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God with the wedding table and supper of the Lamb prepared for us. That's what Jesus has done for us. And so for each and every one of us right now, in a nutshell, what are the things that will steal our joy? For many of us, it's circumstance. Present company included. Our circumstance. Maybe it didn't work out the way that we thought it would work out. Maybe God didn't answer our prayer the way that we thought we would. We, we didn't get to be as successful as we thought we would. Or we didn't get that house, but we got a different one. And it just doesn't measure up to that house. Whatever that is, the circumstances we walk through many times will rob us of our joy. Some of us, it's not the circumstances. You got that part worked out. It's the myths, the lies we believe in our mind because we don't take our thoughts captive and surrender them to the Lord every day. We, we think either everybody's out to get us or everybody likes us. And when one person makes us mad, it, it just completely wrecks our world. We think that a political party or a government intervention can save us. We have these things in our mind and we will trick ourselves in our mind to thinking that that will bring us joy and it steals our joy. But in that, where am I going with this is maybe our joy has continued to be in this world and we've lost our eternal perspective. And so over a month ago, to help us with that, to get an eternal perspective, many of us took home these popsicle sticks. Remember, the challenge was you take home these popsicle sticks. There are about 31 to 35 in there. You write down 31 to 35 things you're thankful for. One on each popsicle stick. And the challenge was to do it personally and or with your family every day. You pull out a popsicle stick and that's your prayer to God thanking him for that. And you can cycle that through every month for all of 2022. I'm telling you, when I let my circumstances rob my joy and the lies I believe in my mind, these popsicle sticks, getting on my knees, thanking him for the blessings he's given me, changes my perspective to eternity and my grief and my sorrow turns to joy. Because here's the thing that I want you to know. The most common denominator in Tyler's joy being stole, and the same is for you, is the most common denominator in my joy being stolen is me. And the most common denominator in your joy being stolen is you. Which is why each and every one of us need a Savior that is not ourself, a Savior that saves us in spite of ourself. Because left to our own devices, being our own Savior, we will chase the joy of this world and it will only substitute the joy that Jesus can bring us. And in that substitution, it will only lead to death. But when we have something that came, we have a Savior in Jesus that has come to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. instead of substitution, we literally get fulfillment, fulfillment. That is found only in him. And so as we close out today, I just want to say, maybe you've been in a, series, a, a, a season of extreme sorrow and in Christ know that you can have joy. Maybe you've been in a season that just seems like it's your best yet. And I want to tell you, we all know that those seasons come to an end too. 
But the one thing that doesn't come to an end, because he is the beginning and the end, is Jesus. And if he says that in him we can experience joy, I'm going to tell you, there's an empty tomb that he's already defeated death. If he says I can have joy in him, I'm going to take him at his word. And so I want to challenge you today. Will you take him at his word? Maybe right now you can see that all the way through you have been chasing the joys of this world and you can look back on your life and you can see I chased this joy, I chased this success joy, I chased this marriage joy and it fell apart. I chased this this family joy and it fell apart. I chased this car joy and it fell apart. I chased this, 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 this exorbitant number in the bank account joy. You did all of these things and now you're trying to find the next best thing to have your joy. And I just want to tell you, your journey for the next best thing can stop because you can experience, trust Jesus by confessing and repenting of your sins, surrendering lordship of your life to him, and your journey to find joy is over. It's over because it's completely found in him. And so right now, I want to tell you, how can you experience that? Well, it's not that you got you got to have a 12-step program or, or give a certain amount of money or have a certain amount of time you serve at the soup kitchen. No, 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 no. See, Jesus has already done the work for us. All that we have to do is pray to him in faith and receive the free gift that he came, lived the perfect sinless life we couldn't live on this earth, died the death we deserve, paying the penalty for our sins, so that we didn't have to, defeated death, held the grave, rose again on the third day, left in him so that we could have life. We'd have joy to the full. We just, in faith, say we receive that and we will seek him as our treasure, our ultimate joy, as long as eternity is. So wherever you are right now, we're going to bow our head and pray as out loud as a family together for the benefit of those who are coming to faith for the first time. It's not the words that save you, but the faith that Jesus is who he says he is. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner, separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life that I couldn't live, died the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross. But love me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye prayed, if that's you and for the first time you have surrendered lordship of your life to Jesus, you have believed, believed that he is who he says he is and received this free gift of salvation, I'm going to boldly ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. You may see a hand that's raised there. Hey, maybe there's a button that says uh, click to respond. You click on that. And maybe you want to leave a comment, shoot us a text message or an email. You can message us at 864-580-6698 or prayer at thevine.tv or hello at thevine.tv. We want to celebrate this decision with you because here's the thing. The journey's just beginning and we want to take those next steps with you if you will let us know. We also want to celebrate with you because guess what? The joy of Jesus coming and that celebration the angels had, if you've just given your life to Jesus, they are celebrating in heaven right now with that joy as well. And for the rest of us, I hope you have an awesome day. I can't wait to see each and every one of your smiling faces this next Sunday. And I hope and believe that Jesus uh, shared something there with each and every one of us, how we can not only receive the fullness of his joy, but share his joy with all who come in our path. So make sure that you make plans to join us next Sunday as we talk about peace and forbearance. Have an awesome week and always remember the best is still yet to come.